working on my end. Alright, we are on episode 86. Welcome to episode 86 of the Gambots Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and this is my co-host. It's Christian. On this week's episode, Christian and I both watched the indie movie Ghost World, and Christian watched the new movie The New Mutants. But first, Christian, you and I both watched Ghost World, and looking at your notes, I feel like we came away feeling completely differently on this one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really enjoy my time in, in Ghost World. Yeah, so just uh, as a as a overview, uh, Ghost World was directed by Terry Zweigoff, who has not done very much, but notably to me, he did Bad Santa, which is one of my favorite Christmas movies. <laughs> which I think is hilarious, because Ghost World is... They came out like three or four years before. The, yeah, like it's not that. And uh, it stars Thora Birch, Scarlett Johansson, and Steve Buscemi is, is like the big names. Thora Birch, if you don't know, is the little girl from Hocus Pocus. And Scarlett Johansson is super young in this. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if Scarlett Johansson's just younger than I thought she was. Or if... Because when, when did this movie come out? So this movie came out in I think 2000, 2001. I actually they look so young. I actually looked up their ages. Yeah, maybe it's just that I still don't really f- like automatically grasp how long ago that was. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was like yeah. So I mean, this came I think this like this was filmed in the late 90s. Um when she was filming this, she was 16. Yeah, I guess I just I think as she someone was born in as 84. Someone who, Okay, as someone who grew up like through that era, I just, I guess my brain still has, is in like denial about how long ago two thousand was. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's true too. But Thor Birch was eighteen, and they're both playing basically eighteen year olds. And I do want to commend the movie for this. They did look like actual high schoolers. Normally, you get people who are like twenty eight playing a high schooler. <laughs> Which is something we're going to run into in our other movie that we talk about this week. Yeah, so when I watched that, that was the first thing I noticed was, oh my gosh, they look young. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I really liked about this movie was the opening song. I that like I heard that song for the first time on a Heineken commercial back in like 2010, and I looked it up. I think it's such a catchy song. <laughs> yeah, I'm used to, I guess not used to, but I'm, I'm a little desensitized to like upbeat crazy Indian music like that just from going to Indian restaurants that just play music videos all the time. <laughs> yeah. So those were the, the two things that really stuck out to me in the beginning. So do you want to go over the premise of ghost world or do you want me to? Uh, I can, there isn't much of one to be honest. It's very no. kind of meandering. I, I lost the thread several times. I, I guess the plot is the, these two girls have just graduated high school and are trying to like figure out what's next and at least at the beginning what's next is uh, like pranking a, like a sad old man and then that just kind of snowballs into like a slice of life we're just gonna deal with these kids and Steve Buscemi all summer. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a sucker for Slice of Life stuff. Um, this is originally based off of a indie comic from, I think it was an indie comic. I guess I don't know for sure, but it was in the 90s. Uh, I think it came out in like 93. 
And I read that. I I read an anthology of the comic when I was in high school. I don't actually remember it all that well, but I do know it like varies to some degree from the movie. Um, so I would I wouldn't. I wish I had read the comic before I watched it so I could speak more on that front. But what I do know is in the comic, Steve Buscemi's character does not exist. Really? Yeah, which is crazy because he's like a focal point in the movie. Oh, okay. So not not that he doesn't exist. He's just not in in it at all. Not like right. he's a figment of somebody's imagination. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, like he was a character created entirely for this movie. And from what I remember and trying to refresh myself on reading like like articles about like what the comic was about was it was a comic about like basically growing up and to some extent growing apart from your friends. So that's like I agree with you the story's meandering. The best way I could say that their story is is about two friends entering the real world basically (laughs) when you have like actual responsibilities and your actions start to have very real consequences yeah Uh, so we we do get snippets of the like these friends are growing apart kind of thing but it's mostly just about thora birch's very very strange relationship with steve buscemi yeah i mean that's a majority of the movie is her basically falling in love with Steve Buscemi and then falling out of love with him or becoming infatuated with him. I don't know what you would call her relationship, but that is, it was a weird relationship. It, it made no sense on paper. And then on the screen, it's, it's like uncomfortable to watch. It's very uncomfortable to watch. Uh, I mean, not, not only is it weird because he's probably like 40 hanging out with an 18 year old. There's a whole like their personalities too, like, which is maybe why I, I think maybe how we differ on this is like, I'm guessing that the personalities of the two main girls, Scarlett Johansson and um, Thor Birch, like really turned you off because they're such horrible people. And the same with Steve Buscemi is like, they're such a particular personality trait. Like, I'm guessing that's why you did part, like partly why you didn't like this movie. It was mostly Thor Birch. I didn't hate Steve Buscemi, and I didn't mind Scarlett Johansson from, like, the midpoint onward when it became clear that, like, her whole purpose in this movie was to be, like, okay, we're out of high school now, I want to to start being an adult, I want to grow up, and so, like, at the beginning, I I really thought it was going to go the other way, Thora Birch is talking to, uh, what's his name, Norman on the bench, and she's like, uh, I was like, oh, she's going to actually grow up here and be like the mature one who handles who, who like treats these people like people instead of just making fun of them and instead it was like she gets stuck in this world of not really wanting to grow up or do anything while Scarlett Johansson kind of moves on without her yeah and that, that's kind of why I like the movies I felt like it was an actual character study like she doesn't really grow as a person which you normally don't get in movies and I kind of like that like she just sucked the whole way through and like to me it was like the viewer to be like oh this is sort of a cautionary tale of like what not to be (laughs) but also what struck to me and again i'm a sucker for this stuff it's like so angsty it's so 90s cynic one everything um i'm really curious like if i had watched this in high school would i have identified with that character whereas i'm watching it as an adult with a job where i'm just like i hate this person so much you know like I'm curious what my viewing my my view of it would have been had I watched it when I was, you know, 17 or 18. 
I definitely agree with that. I, I, I mean, I was for a long time, and I mean, partly still am. Like, I was very contrarian. Like, anytime somebody said something, I would jump right to, like, the opposite just to kind of pick a fight. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, watching this now as, like, a 30 year old and and seeing this girl that every time somebody presents her with an opportunity she's like uh that's an i I just didn't want to go my own way or like oh like thanks for putting all this effort in to make my life better but i'm just going to ignore you and oh i wanted to reach into the tv yeah what it remind what her character reminded me of to a certain extent was daria um Specifically, like, earlier Daria, because in early Daria, like, Daria had all the answers. She's, like, the teenager who's smarter than everyone, which I, I think is a a trope, but it's, like, what defines a lot of the 90s, like, cynicism and popular culture that has... I, I'm sure there was more, but it seems like that survived the, the test of time more than some of the other stuff. But, like, as the seasons of Daria went on, like, there are stories there where it's like oh no she's not like the perfect person she's not the elite like she's not as elite as she thinks she is and they delve into that and she like realizes it and in this one like uh thora birch's character is entirely like entirely has an elitist attitude where she thinks she knows best but this and i do appreciate the movie points out like when she's full of crap at times like the one guy who works at the the um the convenience store is like, this is really messed up what you guys are doing. Like, we should not be doing this. Like, she says something that she assumes is right. And someone, I cannot remember. I wish I remember. But immediately someone's like, that's not what that is. Oh, it was a milkshake. She's like, I can't believe yeah. he's drinking milk. And someone's like, that's a vanilla milkshake. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, so this person who thinks she's smarter than everyone else, like, is getting contradicted on these very basic things. I mean, I, I think this is just an offshoot of my impetuous child hatred. That just, oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Any, For sure. Anytime, anytime she would just kind of roll her eyes and, like, the teacher brought her that scholarship form and, and said, you know, like, I, I, I entered you into this, into the running for the scholarship. You could get all this. And, and she just kind of rolled her eyes at her and was like, oh, yeah, what am I going to do with this? It's like, oh, you are the absolute worst. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she's a likable character, um, and we can talk about the ending and stuff, but uh, one character that I loved <laughs> was the shirtless dude with the mullet and the nunchucks. Hated that guy. <laughs> you hate, dude, I feel like he's the epitome of, like, America at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think that's part of the reason. I think if I'd have watched this, like, six months ago, I would have found him hilarious, and now... <laughs> He's he's but he's the guy that comes into the convenience stores and he's like you can't make me wear a mask. I've got right. nunchucks in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It's just like one of those things. He was such a random character. He must have he been part of the comic. Really was. Uh, yeah, he he served no real purpose other than to just like nunchuck Steve Buscemi for 45 seconds at the end which somehow landed him at the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> on pain like he didn't even get choked out that hard no <laughs> um so i mean i feel like i touched a lot of what i wanted to talk about about this character so let's move on to the main crux of this movie which is thor birch slash her character's name is enid's relationship with steve buscemi which like we had mentioned earlier is weird it's so weird well it starts out by him posting a misconnections in a paper which, I mean, I don't even know if misconnections exist anymore, but it did at this time. 
and them calling him as a joke and then following him around, then feeling bad. So then she started hanging out with him and then got a crush on him because he liked old records like she did. I will say, I know Misconnections was a thing on Craigslist for a while. I think it transitioned to Craigslist out of the papers. Okay, so then... We we used to go on, the staff at the movie theater used to go on and find Misconnections for staff members at the theater. It happened once or twice. Somebody would post like, what? "You you you served me popcorn, and I and you were like a pretty brunette girl, and I was this guy with a kid, and and we were we we always then tried to think back, like, okay, who could this have been? When was this posted? Did anyone ever call them back? No. <laughs> that's a recipe for getting murdered. Yeah. Well, that's what I kept thinking the whole way through this. When Thor Birch and Scarlett Johansson go to that guy's party, and it's just a bunch of like. 40 45 year olds talking about records and then there's these two like 18 year old girls sitting on the couch yeah that's i uh, imagine trying to make a movie with that scenario today like that's that's a nightmare scenario oh it i mean and it's also like i i thought it was kind of funny that they were like talking about like like you cannot get high def sounds on um digital music and all that stuff like when they're talking about like why records are better I did find that humorous because I, I think like I've heard people talking about that now because records have clearly had like a big comeback in the past couple years. But you're right, man. Like that would be so awkward to have happen. But then it was even worse when they had David Cross hit on her. Couldn't believe David Cross was in this movie. He came on the screen. I was like, is that David Cross? <laughs> so there's uh a couple things. First of all, anytime I see David Cross, I just automatically assume it's Tobias from Arrested Development. This, and is, then, this is bef- in his uh, his younger years before he was an alarmist. Yeah, <laughs> and, and a never nude. And also, uh, th- and this is going to be more of a deep cut for Arrested Development fans, but um, the song that Dana puts on and she starts to dance to on her whatever first date with Steve Buscemi is uh, the Solid as a Rock song that used to play when Job was like trying to sell boats in Arrested Development. That's amazing. That has to be a coincidence, right? <laughs> I, uh, oh, absolutely. But it was just one of those things that, that started playing. I was like, really? Another Arrested Development connection? <laughs> oh, so this movie really turns into Thora Birch wingmanning Steve Buscemi after she shows up at his party. Um Buscemi's good in this. Like, I think I think he he does a good role. His character is a little weird. He, I I feel like Buscemi. I don't know if they wrote him in a way to be creepy, but he reminds me basically of like a nice guy where he's like, chivalry's dead. I'm nice, except he's not like people should have sex with me. He's just like no one likes the classics anymore, like blues. And then he's like, well, that's not really blues. This is it's more ragtag ragtime or whatever. Like. He's like kind of a neckbeard in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he also never seemed predatory so much as like he was too nice to extricate him from the himself from the situation. Yeah, uh, or like he enjoyed having a young girl around him, but he yeah. wasn't like making a move on her. Yeah, he was excited to have the attention, and then when things started to get awkward, he was like, he was too non-confrontational to be like, I think you need to leave. Yeah, which, you know, I it, maybe it's like a 90s thing or even earlier, like, 
it's weird that a 40-year-old was hanging out with someone who literally just graduated from high school. Could you imagine, like, maybe because you interact with younger people because you work in a movie theater, but, like, I have interns come in who are in college, and I'm like, oh, you are really young. It's weird hanging out with you. Ooh, yeah, for sure, I agree. Like, I <laughs> I, I keep having these moments of, like, I, I don't, I have trouble judging ages anymore now just because I've been on this kind of continuous spectrum of like everybody I work with is constantly the same age. Yeah. And so now I'm like, wait, are you, where are you? Are you a junior in high school? Are you a junior? Are you, are you a senior? Like, what, can you work weekday afternoons right, <laughs> or right. are you tied up with school? Um, but like, I, I've always had a standing rule, I guess not always, but like for the, the past several years, since I've like grown so much more than the rest of the staff, I've had a standing rule of like, we don't do Facebook interaction. Like, oh, there, right. is, there is nothing going on outside of that building. Yeah. I, and I just can't believe like maybe that was more common or people are more okay with it. But <laughs> I mean, according to people in Alabama and like with Roy Moore, back in the day, you wanted an older gentleman with your <laughs> high schooler. So maybe, maybe they're going by those rules. Well, I mean, he did get thrown out of the mall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, so, yeah, I just sorry. I I keep trying to wrap my head around how that relationship worked off screen because through the like the magic of editing we would just be dropped into the middle of activity with them right like all of a sudden they would just be in a car driving together somewhere but how did that work did, did she pick up the phone and, and call this like 45 year old guy and was like hey what are you doing tonight do you want to go see a like a blues show and he was he's yeah sure 18 year old girl i'll absolutely go do that well it's even weirder because at one point he stops by her house and her stepmom's like nope she's over here like no one's like wait a minute (laughs) yeah who are you what are you (laughs) doing here why are you hanging around my 18 year old daughter (laughs) you are a full-grown adult well her dad was bob balaban so maybe he just doesn't know any better did you see what her dad ate for breakfast? Yes. He just had an entire jar of jelly sitting next to him. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that wasn't even a character choice. Just That's just Bob Balaban eating breakfast. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, a lot of this movie is her hanging out, but like you had mentioned, her and Scarlett Johansson start growing apart, and, it, and you really do start to see, like... It's not even, like, a man-child at this point because it's a girl, but, like, the man-child syndrome of, like, not wanting to grow up and being contrarian, whereas, like, Scarlett Johansson's like, dude, we graduate high school, we're not going to college, we need to start working if we want to move out of our parents' house. And it's, like, actually working a crappy, like, job as a barista and being like, yeah, I hate working with people. I will say, I never knew, like, I've had the picture saved on my phone forever, which is the, the, the line of her saying... Uh, most people are okay, but mostly I just feel like poisoning everybody. And I never knew what that was from. And then the first time that they showed her in that green, like basically Starbucks uniform, I was like, oh yes, this is from that. Can I also point out that at this Starbucks, they apparently had a trivia of a day that you could just Google the answer to and get a free coffee. (laughs) And then the question they asked was about female genitalia. Like who okayed (laughs) that question? crazy (laughs) yeah uh i'm curious what you thought about her like art class slash art teacher oh man that was a lot 
I mean, that was a, that was very much goes back to like uh, our conversation about Velvet Buzzsaw, where it's just kind of like an indictment of the art community. Yeah, that's entirely what, what I was thinking when I was watching that, because she was like, you know, she had people actually doing real work like this one guy like had made these like dragon claws that looked like fairly decent. She's like, I bet Bill did this <laughs> like these are horrible. <laughs> And then she went to, like, just these, like, a, a rack of coat hangers or whatever, and she's like, no, let's talk about this. Oh, you're pro-choice or what? Or, yeah, you're pro-choice. Like, this is the greatest thing ever. It has a it has a message. And, like, the same thing when she just, like, put a tampon in a teacup. It's like, this is great art. And it's, like, one of those things where it's like, well, you didn't actually do any art. You did two things and tried to say it has a meaning. Like, like there's a clear distinction between like creating art and then just trying to say things have meanings, which I thought was funny. They're even pointing out then that like modern art's kind of ridiculous like that. Yeah. I mean, as somebody who has BS'd his way through many, like a liberal arts class doing like a remedial art summer school for high school, I can't imagine like I, that is pretty much exactly what I would expect it to look like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the person they got wasn't even like, I wouldn't even say, like, she should be teaching an art, like, a high school art class. She's like, my background's in film. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I should say maybe maybe not the class itself, like, the teacher or anything, but that's that's how I would expect the students to be, I guess oh, I should say. yeah, like, definitely. I, I brought in this rack of, like, crunched up coat hangers, and this is my, I'm making up on the cuff explanation for why it's artistic. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, I don't, I don't want to get into the whole cook's chicken thing. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like that's a little bit too racy. Uh, and then also like it, I mean, we can bring up that she like, I mean, Tora Burgess character basically ruined Steve Buscemi's life by like forcing him to hang out, ruining his relationship, possibly got him fired. Yeah. That one was a little ambiguous. He, I yeah. mean, she definitely got him like in trouble at work. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that kind of bugged me about this, and I actually also think this is hilarious, is this movie is, like, so outcast-friendly. Like, everything is, like, sports are bad, blues music is good. Where it's like, I get if you don't like sports. Like, I, I enjoy sports, but, I you know, I get some people don't. But just, like, being, like, everyone's stupid for liking sports is just as bad as people being, like, you know, like, you're dumb for liking the blues or whatever. Uh, but did you notice in the bar, like, everyone had a different like sports teams jersey on <laughs> i did not notice that's hilarious. i saw i saw a saints jersey a jacksonville jersey a washington jersey and a packers jersey and like something else and it's like what like in there i like they're presumably in like la or somewhere like in california or something like what it was, it was nfl battle royale night they were just <laughs> all on the field together they definitely are just like, all right, we're we're hiring extras. Bring an NFL jersey, and you're you're on. So. I I have I have a just above cursory knowledge of sports, and I understand football more than any other ones, just because I grew up in a house that watched football, and I now forever will choose to believe that that's what like the NFL wild card is. Is <laughs> just four four teams on the field together, winner take all. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that would be great. I mean, maybe Any, they'll do anytime, it this year. Anytime my brother says something about a wild card game, I'll, I'll, I'll be, oh, which four teams are playing? <laughs> oh, man. So I, I feel like we did touch a lot of this movie. Uh, do you want to get to the ending? Because basically Steve Buscemi's life falls apart because he, like, gets a girlfriend. 
Uh, he's doing final work and he starts to pull away from Enid, uh, Thor Burgess character. And then she basically forces her, like comes to his house, gets drunk and then has sex with him. And then it's like, we need to go away together and blah, blah, blah. Then immediately like ghosts him. Yeah. And so I feel no, absolutely zero sympathy for Enid. Like her life falls apart around her and it's literally because she makes every terrible choice that she possibly can in real rapid succession. But at the same time, if you're Steve Buscemi, why would you tie your life to this person who is, like, obviously... A child. Not, yeah, a child, but not even, like, a mature child. Like, she came to his house that night, like, looking to get drunk because her life is also obviously falling apart. Like, why would you hitch your your wagon to that knowing that, like, that's a sinking ship? And not yeah. not only that, but why would you go then immediately to your girlfriend and be like, we need to break up because, like, in my head, I want to be with this other girl. And you haven't even, like, talked it over with her yet. Yeah, I mean, I actually don't really feel bad for Buscemi's character either. Um, even though his life, you know, oh, got no. kind of turned upside down. But, like... Yeah, neither do I. Like, he was... Like, it's essentially like... Maybe, uh, this is, like, one of those things where I'm trying to think, like, is he the adult form of Enid? Because throughout the movie, everyone is basically like, oh, I'm into Scarlett Johansson, and they ignore Enid, and she gets annoyed by it. Like, is he the adult version of her where, like, he's really into specific stuff because you see her, like, weirdly unable to get rid of stuff at, like, garage sales and all that stuff. Like, she's going to turn into a collector like him and basically become a recluse. Um, but, man, like so many bad choices of being like, oh, you're high schooler, you're going to come get drunk in my house? Cool. <laughs> uh, so, like, it's creepy. Yeah, and that's... <laughs> I have... Uh, like, halfway through my notes, I have this relationship is uncomfortable, and then right as soon as th- they start, like, making out, I, I just wrote in all caps, who is responsible for this? Oh, I, my notes are, oh, Buscemi, no, that is a drunk high schooler. <laughs> so okay so let me let me pause it or let me let me ask you this question before we get into the final scenes okay why is this movie called ghost world that's what i don't know um if i'm remembering right in the comic and i think they even have a scene in the movie like it's graffiti somewhere but i cannot remember for sure because I was at a loss. I was I I wrote that with 15 minutes left in the movie, and I, I said I don't know why where this title comes from. Yeah, I, I I cannot answer that for you, Christian. I'm sorry. I think that was graffiti somewhere, but I I don't know. I I have no clue. Um, okay, so okay, so let's get into the 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 final scenes here then. Yeah. So she I I had mentioned earlier she talks to this old man on a bus state like on a bus bench named Norman who tells her that he's waiting for a bus, even though the line has been discontinued. And then as she is like walking through town, she sees him on that bench and a bus comes with no marker on it. And it takes him out of town. Then I was sure that was the end, but then it fades back in again. (laughs) And you see her now with a suitcase going to the bus stop. Buscemi's in therapy and then the bus comes and picks her up and takes her out of town. So I I think it either means because this one guy was old and like it, it he, I think he's like, oh yeah, like I'm trying to meet my wife or something, but it's like, oh no, she's died years ago. I might be making that up. But 
the the one interpretation is like oh he died and he was moving on because there's no way that bus comes and then she also committed suicide because she's mad at her life maybe um and the other interpretation i was trying to think of is the scenes before that she's talking about just packing up and leaving and not telling anyone um so i was thinking maybe that could also be like that guy finally learned like oh no my bus isn't coming and that's some sort of representation of he's moving on from that space uh and then like that's her just leaving but yeah I, i i don't know for sure i absolutely just assumed that she had killed herself that's what that was my first thought as well yeah, I thought that it was called Ghost World because he was a ghost the whole time. And that, like, he had died and he was waiting for his bus to take him, like, beyond. And then, so she went and died and then was, as a ghost, able to get on the bus. What if this was, like, an M. Night, M. Night, uh, M. Night Shyamalan twist where it was, like, she was a ghost the whole time? Haunting well, Steve Buscemi. When, yeah, when it shows him in therapy and he says something like, I want to go back to my old life, I, I I definitely had that moment of, is Thora Birch a figment of his imagination? Right. And I had to, like, walk back and say, like, no, she was interacting with Scarlett Johansson the whole movie <laughs> and yeah. several other characters. But I definitely had that moment of, like, oh, man, Steve Buscemi dreamed her up. So, Christian, do you know how this fared with the box office? Yeah, so its budget was $7 million, its box office, uh, it, it made almost $9 million. it made 8.8, so it definitely made its money back, but I don't know, I don't know how that translates to, like, future productions, because the director seems to have not done really that much other than Bad Santa. I I do think that the director did, and I might be wrong, I, I read a bunch of random things when I was looking at the wikipedia page uh, i think the director did art school dropout which was another comic by the guy who did ghost world but yeah I, he, I don't think he's done very much other than bad like bad Santa has to have been his biggest movie yeah so critic wise uh rotten tomatoes has this at a 93 percent with the critics and an 84 percent with the audience which is uh is surprising like surprisingly high <laughs> yeah that's unacceptable <laughs> so uh would you recommend this movie to our audience absolutely not i'm torn because i actually like this movie i thought it was like pretty well shot and and, like well acted especially because like it doesn't have any action i i was generally engaged the whole time especially for an hour and 51 minute movie normally i would have checked out you know at the 45 minute mark and been like oh my (laughs) god there's so much time left um I do like, like, I enjoyed the themes of it. It's a movie where I I think I probably would like it better if I read something about it first. Like, read a cliff notes on this beforehand about, like, what the themes are to look out for and then pick them out. That's what I think I had fun with doing in the movie. That, But mm-hmm. if you're just, like, purely watching it for an entertainment value, I don't know if it's uh, it holds up as well. I can't imagine this as a comic book. Especially- I think the comic book, sorry especially down a character yeah well right i think the comic book focuses a lot more on scarlett johansson and um thor birch's friendship that's what kind of threw me off because from what i remember the comic was like scarlett johansson's character was in the comic like a lot more like it was a duo what <laughs> was it more so like a sidekick but I, oh. I could be completely wrong i i did want to bring up briefly that thor birch's character works at a movie theater for about 10 minutes <laughs> i said oh yeah uh, I'm guessing you don't act like her. 
Uh, you know, I probably used to. <laughs> <laughs> I I was never so like outwardly hostile towards customers. I'm probably more that way now that I can kind of get away with it. But uh, I I we definitely like goofed off with them. We never got in trouble for not upselling. But I mean, if for sure, if if one of my staff members now was like, "Do you want any yellow chemical sludge on your popcorn?" Like that that would be disciplinary action for sure. <laughs> You've become the man, Christian. Oh, yeah, I hate it. (laughs) Uh, One thing I did want to point out was, did you notice everyone's fashion who was not, like, like, a main character in this was just ridiculously 90s? (laughs) One woman had a Planet Hollywood shirt. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so I I don't I actually don't think I would recommend this movie. I think you need to be in a certain mood for it, but I, I did actually enjoy it all right christian this week you watched the newly released the new mutants which has not been uh not been treated too kindly with uh with internet reviews so far what did you think of it you know i went into this with low low expectations as we have discussed very recently on this podcast, I have no real love lost for the X-Men franchise, especially this late in the game. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, I And I'm, I'm really surprised to hear you say this. I know absolutely nothing about the New Mutants, like, run. Um, so I, I have no actual probing questions, like, comic book related. What is even the story on this? So it opens with uh, a girl being woken up in the middle of the night and told that she has to run that a tornado, like there's a tornado coming. And so they, she escapes into the woods and survives, but then falls unconscious and wakes up in a hospital for mutants where she is told that the only reason that she survived is because she has powers basically. And there is a single doctor in this hospital who is also a mutant who has the ability to create force fields and she's telling them that uh her and her the the, uh, however many four other patients in there are kids who whose powers have kind of just manifested and they need to be sequestered from the general population until they can control their abilities and then maybe they can move on to a facility for like gifted people Hmm. so the way you briefly explain it like i would get horror vibes from it is this a horror movie or is this like an action movie originally so yeah so we should get into the history of this movie a little bit it this has a very fraught history and it's only just come out uh this movie is new re- newly released and kind of finally released. Its original release date was supposed to be in April of 2018. It was two and a half years ago. Wow. Did they shoot it for that release yeah. date? Or... So this was shot like two or three years ago at this point. Uh, yeah, probably okay. shot in early 2017. And... I, I couldn't find any information about why it got bumped the first time, but it was probably for reshoots or or some other kind of an issue. Uh, it was supposed to then come out February 2019, but they didn't want to compete with Deadpool, so they bumped it to August 2019. Then they didn't want to compete with Dark Phoenix, so they bumped it to April of 2020. Uh, and that was because of the Disney acquisition. And so that's when 
the like the theme of the movie changed because it when Fox was making it as like an X Men movie, it was originally supposed to be an R rated horror movie. Oh, okay. And then when Disney took over, they said we're not gonna do that. We we're Disney. We're not gonna make an R rated horror movie. And so it it turned into essentially like a coming of age movie, and then it had to get bumped again because everything closed in April. So now it's finally come out. This is like the one movie that I do not begrudge them saying, we're putting it out, we don't care how many theaters are open, because they've been trying to get this movie out for two and a half years. Yeah, that's so disappointing, because, like, Logan works so well, because it was basically a Western with superpowers. Mm -hmm. I think a horror movie with superpowers is an interesting idea. Like, it's something that I think could work. And it really, I think, would have been better. As much as I did like this movie, I think the elements that, that stayed in it of the horror movie aspect were the better parts. And I think this would have been amazing if, if they'd have just gone all out R-rated horror movie with it. I, I will also say, you bring up Logan, and this movie does live in the Logan corner of the X-Men universe. Okay, so they do establish where this is. Does this take place like whenever the logan time period was like 2050 or whatever Pro yeah probably just before logan okay cool i i was curious because that timeline is so messed up i don't even know where logan yeah. falls into <laughs> in the overall x-men yeah they theme. they barely acknowledge the the main like story x-men when every time the doctor brings up like you'll get moved to a facility for gifted people that somebody's like oh isn't it obvious and and they they make like the they do some kind of a gesture about like having a bald head and, and like putting your finger up to your temple to, to mimic professor X. But the, there's very little tie in to any other X-Men movie, but the tie in that there is, is definitely directly to, to the Logan section. Gotcha. Uh, who are the main mutants in this then? I had not heard of any of them to be honest. And I like almost all of them now. Um, the the main girl is Danny Moonstar. She has like psionic powers. She can like make B basically she makes people's fears real, and uh, she doesn't know what her power is, and so it keeps kind of manifesting on its own, which is definitely the the horror aspects that they had been going for. Um, Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones plays Wolfsbane. And so she's basically like an at-will werewolf. She can transform whenever she wants into a, a wolf. Uh, and she's very cool. And then there's Sunspot, who can basically light himself on fire. There's Cannonball, who just kind of blasts off from place to place. And uh, my favorite was Magic, uh, Ileana Rasputin, who is in the comics Colossus's daughter. Or no, not daughter. It's Colossus's sister. sister. Yeah. Yeah. And she's she's the best in this. Like she's kind of an awful person, but her powers are amazing. <laughs> she can make like a demon sword show up in her hand, and she's got a pet dragon or like baby dragon, and she can teleport in and out of limbo. It's yeah, she's very cool. Well, I'm glad. Like you had talked about a couple of these. I think I've seen Wolfsbane before, and I've, I've heard of Magic. Uh, the other ones I, I'm hazy on or I've not heard of. So it is definitely like an interesting cast, especially because they're going with like more deeper cuts than the main uh, movies. Yeah. And now I, I know New Mutants was like an actual comic book series. So I don't know if these guys are like the original New Mutants cast from the comics 
or if, if they just kind of grabbed people at random, like I know they've done for other things. Um, cannonball, you run into like problematic physics. It's, it's the same problem I have with Quicksilver in the X-Men movies or, or even in uh, Age of Ultron. You can be a speedster. That's fine. You can say like, oh, going from zero to uh, like a million miles an hour in one second doesn't affect me because it's part of my power. Or uh, like I'm, I'm immune to like the heat from air resistance because of my mutation or whatever. But as soon as you try to grab somebody while you're going like two times the speed of sound, they're dead. <laughs> it's like hitting someone with a truck. Right. And so in, in every single movie that Quicksilver is in, you have to have a, a montage where he runs around professor X's mansion, like grabbing people and throwing them outside. And you, you get a, there's no like slow-mo shots of cannonball in this, but you definitely get moments where he zooms through somebody and picks them up and carries them to safety. And in the same sh- scene, he's zooming through brick walls. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> and so like nobody survives. <laughs> I just yeah, it, it's it's a bridge too far for me. <laughs> That's great. Uh, is there an antagonist in this? Kind of. So, I without getting too spoilery, there there is an like a a secondary antagonist, but the primary villains are the like manifestations of fear that Danny is like involuntarily creating. Okay, so it's not like they have Mr. Sinister or something like that. That's what I was like wondering if they're going to go no. that route. Okay. No, so like the Ileana's backstory is she's been it's never explicitly said, but you're left to assume that she's been like human trafficked or or something as a child. And so she has like compartmentalized or mythologized the people that did that to her as these monsters who don't really have faces except for big smiles. And so when she starts having nightmares about them, these big monsters start showing up in the hospital with, with no face except, like, a big sharp tooth smile. And so they have to fight them. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so I know this has only been out for may- maybe a week so far. Do you know how this is doing uh, box office versus budget? Yes. So box office is <laughs> not great. <laughs> it's... The budget was $67 million. Its box office has not quite reached 10. I think it's 9.9 million right now. Um, But that's definitely in part because of how limited a release this is. Like, technically, this is a wide release movie, but there's only so many theaters open right now. So, Box Office Mojo says that this is only showing in about 2,400 theaters nationwide. So that's that's not a lot. Like that's barely over the threshold for like a wide release. <laughs> gotcha. Um, I well, I'm surprised they're not. Well, if they will do overseas, but uh, we'll see. I you kind of talk like if you're like this is horrible. I wouldn't. They're showing it at our theater, which had recently opened. I'm kind of considering going in to watch it. Would you suggest people uh, go out and actually see this? I don't know. If you can, yeah, I mean, with all the stipulations of, like, if you can do social distancing, if you can wear a mask and do everything that you need to do to protect yourself, if you can get into a, like, uncrowded theater, I would go watch this. I'm going to watch it again, for sure. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, That said, 
critics do not agree with me and i feel like most people that i have seen talking about it online also don't agree with me i don't get the hate but rotten tomatoes has this at a 35 percent right now audience has it at a 53 which is better but i would probably put it in like the high 70s so if this was streaming this is definitely one you'd say check out absolutely this is the most i've enjoyed an x-men movie since logan okay cool i'm glad that you at least like it it might be good because this is probably going to be the last x-men movie for a while because everything's been bought back up by um by disney uh and slash marvel so i i don't know if we i mean we're getting a new deadpool i think but he's not really Mm x-men so cool Alright guys, and now it's time for our Amazon review game. I pulled three five-star reviews from Amazon. Christian will get one review uh, as a hint, and then he has two yes or no questions to try and narrow down what the movie is. He can either guess or ask for a second review, two more yes or no questions. He can guess or get a third and final review, and then uh, two more yes or no questions, and he will then have to guess. Christian, I am ready when you are. I'm ready. These are all very short reviews, but I think you'll be able to get it. (laughs) Review number one, good, fun, action, and disaster movie all in one. A great non-stop adventure film. Ooh. Did this movie come out in the last three years? This movie did come out in the past three years. Does this movie have Tom Cruise? Uh, I don't think this movie, so Tom Cruise is not listed in like the first page of the IMDB cast. So I don't think he stars in it or if he does, he's much later down, which I would be surprised of. Okay. Then I'm definitely going to need another one. Okay. We really enjoyed this movie. It was a different take on a bank heist. If you like action, this movie fills the bill. Does this movie have Vin Diesel? Uh, again, I don't think it does. <laughs> okay. I'm just, just, just getting Fast Five out of the way right, <laughs> right now. Holy crap. Man, I don't even I don't even know if I have another question. Just, yeah, just give me the third review. Ooh, I'm sorry, Christian. I, I must I picked bad ones. I thought you'd get this. Uh, if Twister and Hard Rain, a classic Christian Slater movie from 1998, <laughs> check it out, had a baby, it would be this movie. They shove a lot of classic tropes into it, but overall, it's a fun film. <laughs> Plus, if you have a love for bad Southern accent, this movie was made for you. That'll be Hurricane Heist. <laughs> yes. I, when we were at your house a couple of weeks ago, I was like checking out your DVD case, and I was like, okay, I see a movie I can pick on. <laughs> oh, man. If if this is streaming anywhere, like as as soon as I find out it's streaming somewhere, it's gonna be my pick for one of these weeks. Okay, I I like know absolutely nothing about it, so I was like, I don't know what these like of these to pick, except I think they talk about on how did this get made. They sure did. It with, within the first I think seven minutes, there is a tornado that destroys like a farmhouse, and the the characters look up and like a giant. CGI skull forms in the clouds over top of them, <laughs> and I was in. 
I, I walked out of the movie theater to get popcorn like 10 minutes into the movie and I, I, I told the guy working, I was like, I, this movie just started and it's already so bad, I cannot wait. <laughs> I did not know that I got a theatrical release. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it was it was gone so fast. <laughs> I, it opened in our smallest room and I think we only had it for like a week or two. That's amazing. Alright guys, thanks for tuning in. Before we head out, Christian, what are you going to be checking out this week? Uh, so, I just literally this afternoon finished The Legend of Korra. I, I finished all four seasons. Um, I, I didn't really want to talk about it on here because I don't have a whole lot to say about it. It's fine. Uh, it's it's better than Avatar in places and not in others. I am going to be starting an anime called Banana Fish that I have been recommended by our editor, and I hope it's good or she and I are going to have words about it. Um, but I I would like to try and get back into like early 2000s anime that I kind of grew up seeing advertised on Adult Swim, but I never actually watched. Like I'd like to, to find like Trigun or Lupin oh, the Third or something somewhere. We should do that for a, uh, one of the one of the things because um, that's like my favorite anime. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, like Trigun's so good. I think it. Uh, so if you want to pay streaming, I know. Um, God, I have them. Funimation has an app that's like fine, and it's only like five dollars a month, and it's dub because I, I don't like subs. But I know if you like subs, Crunchyroll's better. Uh, I think Hulu might actually have Trigun though. Really. Yeah, see, I, I, I'm going to start looking for them because I know I, I have all the episodes of Sh- Samurai Shampoo on my computer. I know I have all of Scryed on my computer. Um, but there, Oh, dude, those... you watch Scryed? I've oh, never yeah. heard anyone talk about, like, I, I have not thought about that, oh my gosh, since, like, 2004. So <laughs> I used to watch that on, like, Comcast, like, free anime. They had, like, they would release, like, oh, one wow. episode a month. <laughs> I really liked Scryed a lot, actually. <laughs> I remember liking it. I don't know if it holds up, though. Yeah, I I think it does. I, I want to go back and watch Cowboy Bebop again because I only watched it once the whole way through, and I, I know it's short. It's only like 25 episodes. That That's solid. Uh, if you can't find that, I actually have the Blu-ray of that. Oh, nice. So, yeah, that's, that's more or less where my trajectory is headed. I know my friends and I, after watching New Mutants, have been trying to do the X-Men. So I watched the first X-Men last night. I got to tell you, I don't think it really holds up. Yeah, the CG. I remember watching a couple years ago, and the CG in it is not great. Yeah, they they do this big panoramic shot of New York, and it's so obviously a CG render instead of just like having a helicopter go take a picture of New York City. Yeah. But uh, yeah, otherwise we're probably gonna be doing the the old X Men here and there. But I'm I'm gonna be focusing maybe on trying to to watch some older anime. uh <laughs> god there's two that i love one is called gun x sword which is a weird mashup of like cowboys and mechs and then the other one's gun grave which is about like part it's half of it's like about a mafia struggle and then the other half is about like an undead mafia goon coming back and like getting revenge on <laughs> this like superpowered. it's insane but it's awesome i was really into g gundam for like oh a yeah month. Mobile G Gundam is that the one with the shining hand guy? Yes, and oh, they yeah, all had they were all like 
uh, like cards. There was like a king of, of hearts yeah. and a queen of diamonds and stuff. That was like the weirdest take on Gundam. I, and I'm not the biggest Gundam fan. I've watched a couple of them, but normally it's like, oh, we have all out wars. That one is like, we hold the, the, like who, who runs the, the world by like a fighting tournament. <laughs> yeah. No, man. Like if you pick one of those, I would definitely watch it because I do like anime. I there just don't watch the, it too often. Yeah. There was the one about the guy who had the big robot, but I think he was the only one. Big O. Oh, Big O. I never, that was like, yeah, I never watched that one. I know, like, like, I remember that, but yeah. These are all ones that I would watch on Adult Swim, like, after Inuyasha. Oh, and, yeah. And, like, I watched Inuyasha and, and, like, Full Metal Alchemist religiously, but it was just like, oh, whatever is on next, I guess I'll watch an episode. So I've watched one or two episodes of so many of these, but I, I'd like to go back and actually dedicate some time to them. Dude, I guess I don't know what you like about them, but because I had talked about Megalobox on this uh, mm-hmm. on the podcast, I love that one because of the art style and it's definitely a throwback. Because, and I do like some of the newer animes, but I think what eventually turned me off was like everything became on the computer, which I understand. Like digital animation is a lot cheaper, but you lose like a little bit of like flair and like you know uh, style that you you had before when everything was actually on paper. So. Uh, the only like newer one I would really recommend, well, Megalobox, and then if you do like the guy, um, Watanabe, I think is the name, who did um, Samurai Champloo and Cowboy Bebop, he did one called Space Dandy, which <laughs> is more of a comedy one, and there are a lot of standalone stuff, but it was like very funny like as a fan of it. Nice. Um, sorry, tangent there. Uh <laughs> So what I'm going, what I, the only thing I'm really watching this week that I'm probably going to talk about next week is I started watching Doom Patrol on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's awesome. I am like into it. It's, I've heard uh, good things about it. I like Brendan Fraser in pretty much everything I've seen him in. It's this. It's like I had never heard of these guys before, but they apparently came out three months before like X Men did, and they're basically like the X Men if the X Men continued to actually be freaks. And, like, not have a place in society, whereas, like, most of the X-Men have powers, but they're not weirdos. Uh, yeah, so Matt Bomber is in this, who we both know from White Collar is Neil Cafferty. Um, Timothy Dalton's in it. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Alan Tudyk is the narrator, and um, Brendan Fraser is in it. But, so, like... Brendan Fraser and Matt Bomber both play characters like Brendan Fraser is a robot. Matt Bomber is like a guy who wears bandages. So I don't think they're actually in it. They just do a lot of voiceover and Alan Tudyk is the main antagonist. But what's interesting is the main antagonist is also the like a semi omniscient narrator. Interesting. (laughs) Like they do some like different stuff, but it works. I'm only five of 15 episodes in, but I'm like sold. I think they have a better cyborg in this than they did in the justice league. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I've got HBO, so I, I may have to start this. What, what is also cool about it, which I think turned me off on it at first, but now like I find it's charm is I don't want to say it. Like, I don't know the right word for it, but it reminds me of Dr. Who in a way where like the sets and everything and like the, like the enemies and the CG, like there's a sort of like jank, like B level movie <laughs> to it that I actually find charming now. But at first mm-hmm. I was like, this doesn't look good. But when you get into it, I'm like, this is kind of like Doctor Who. Like I'm totally into it. I definitely know what you mean about have yeah having it be like not amazing, like more like campier CG. 
Yeah, like it's it's not great, but it <laughs> totally works. So I would I I am excited to finish that one. Alright guys, thanks for listening to our episode. If you'd like to contact us, we are at Gambots Network on Twitter, or you can email us at gambots.blog at gmail.com. Otherwise, if you're listening somewhere where you can rate and subscribe, we would appreciate it, as that does help us with getting the podcast advertising out there. And finally, we now have a website, gambotsnetwork.com, where you can check out some of our older episodes or reviews we have done for things that we either talked about on the show or we didn't actually get around to. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you.